Jacob. Michael. John. Stephen. <laughs> Stephen. Anthony. John. Marcus. Bobby. Devin. Timothy. Uh, how long do you think we could go naming male <laughs> names? Pro- <laughs> we have them both repeated. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, oh, no yeah, repeating. I mean, no repeating. Let's try it again. Okay. Okay, without skipping a beat. Okay. Without skipping a beat. Walter. John. Isaac. Steve. Tony. Bob. Marcus. Jacob. Wilmer. Timothy. <laughs> Martha. <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> no. Marcus on the brain, all right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wilmer. Wilmer Valderrama. <laughs> Wilmer. <laughs> it's because it was the best show ever. It was Yo Mama with Wilder Valderrama. Uh, Tracy. Rebecca. <laughs> Morgan. Tiffany. Rick. Stephanie. Carl. Rick. Wait. Uh, Destiny. Michonne. Child. Daryl. <laughs> Steven. Megan. Rick. Maggie. <laughs> Marcus. Oh, man. Justin, make that the intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome Let's Talk Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Monday, December 10th. I am here with Jack. And Jack, the show must go on. The show, (laughs) unfortunately, must go on. Very, very unfortunately, as they say, the show must go on. So we are here to talk about fantasy football, even though it's the last thing that the two of us want to do right now. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because fuck fantasy football. <laughs> I didn't make the playoffs, and our dear friend Tommy lost in the first round of the playoffs. Took a a tough loss. We'll get into it when we get into the matchups. But yeah, it's either the best time of the year or the worst time of year, depending on what team you own. Getting down to the semifinals now, so there will only be four teams left after this week. And it, it certainly hurts watching from the sideline when you invest so much time and love and passion into fantasy football throughout the season and just to see your your entire season slip away between your fingertips off one or i don't know one bad week for your case tommy you know uh it's win win or go home win or go home and and you're going home but hey join me join me on the sideline it's nice and cozy here yeah you know it's the it's the nature it's the nature of fantasy football and you love it or you hate it, and it goes. It works for you or it works against you. I can't. There's not much to complain about. It it, it happens, and it's happened to everyone that's that's played fantasy football throughout the course of multiple years. It, you just, you know, not that I had a great season, but for someone like Louie, who had a great season and who has a very formidable team, it's just, it's just one week. All it takes is one bad week. 
and you're done. And that's how it works. So it sucks. But, well, we'll get into the matchups and we will talk about the teams that are still alive. So the first matchup we'll talk about is going to be Kyle versus Greg, as Kyle was the one seed going up against Greg, the eight seed. And with this matchup, it wasn't exciting, and nor were any of the matchups. But Kyle took down Greg 14,158 to 10,250. And Jack, we will talk about more than this, but all you need to know is that George Kittle outscored Todd Gurley by 2,320 points. Yeah, I mean, that is, that That's pretty it. much summarizes the matchup. Yeah. I mean, George Kittle breaks you, out you, you for knew. 210 <laughs> yards, um, and Todd Gurley gets 28 yards with only 30 yards receiving. I mean, just, I mean, this was Todd Gurley's worst game of the year, obviously. Um, I guess we saw it coming in the sense that it was, it was the Bears, but, you know, Todd, a, a bad game for Todd Gurley, you're, you're thinking maybe maybe they'll hold him to fifteen hundred or twelve fifty right. or something like that. Right, but, right. So seven thirty is that's a brutal hit. That's tough to overcome. Fortunately for Greg, um, it went far beyond that. Um, right, right. Mike Williams yeah. only showing up with six hundred points. Chris Godwin really disappointing. In I I, I liked the play there against New Did Orleans. You... I thought it was going to be a high scoring game. And Chris Godwin only gets one catch for 13 yards, only 180 points. Uh, that was tough for Greg to overcome. Did you see how many targets Chris Godwin got? Chris Godwin received 10 targets. <laughs> wow. And he caught one ball? Here's the other thing. Nine of those 10 targets were uncatchable balls. Yikes. So, so, like, Jameis Winston was just awful throwing the ball to Chris Godwin this wow. week. Wow. He got targeted 10 times, and he caught the single ball that was deemed catchable by NFL statistics. <laughs> Dang. Um, well, Cam Newton was the other disappointment, honestly. Only 1,100 points for Cam Newton. He had no touchdowns. I mean, the Panthers lost to the Browns, and that's two losses in a row. Or, I'm sorry, that is... Five losses in a row for the Panthers. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I did not realize that. The Panthers have lost their last five games in a row. Bad loss last week to the Buccaneers. Um, and then to follow it up with another loss this week. What has happened to the Panthers' season? I'm not sure. Cam does not look right. Something's going on with his shoulder. There's talk that he's going to have to have surgery in the offseason. Uh, but yeah, at 6-2, and two, things were looking really good for them. And as you said, they've lost five in a row. Two really bad losses with uh, losing to Cleveland just now. They lost to Tampa Bay, and it just hasn't been good. And now they're on the outside looking in for the playoffs. So, yeah, for for Greg, someone who had depended and and not only did he depend on him, but he got what he needed from Cam Newton almost every single week to have him do this first week of the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, you just it's it's hard to overcome. I mean. Kenny Stills, the only lone bright spot <laughs> with 135 yards and a touchdown, eight catches. He put up 2350, and you pair that with Jared Cook, his tight end, getting 1510. Honestly, 
the trade that Greg made with you was the only thing that attempted to save his round one of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, let's look back at that week four trade between me and Greg, and little did we know that Greg, <laughs> Greg got the better Greg end of the deal. Greg was setting himself up for week 14. <laughs> I see it now. Yeah, very, very smart. But uh, unfortunately, I mean, can you imagine, like, if if the if the guys he that were good the rest of the year had shown up, I mean, yeah. Greg would have had a tremendously good week. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, alas, they did not. His his big guys did not show up, and he he never really stood a chance. I mean, as soon as the afternoon games hit, it was it was pretty much over. And, yeah, I mean, Kyle's Kyle's big guys did show up: Patrick Mahomes, yeah. Julio Jones, Josh Gordon, George Kittle, Robert Woods. Detroit's defense. Uh, Kyle Kyle just got solid performances from top to bottom. You look at his bench. Chicago's defense actually, like we said with Todd Gurley, put up 2,800. Uh, Baker Mayfield, Kyle's got in his bench. I know he considered playing Baker Mayfield over Patrick Mahomes. I'm sure he's very glad he didn't. And then he's got Corey Davis on the bench with 310. Anthony Miller was who, he went, who Kyle started in his flex spot. Only got 80 points for 20 return yards. Uh, really bad play by Kyle. I mean, not a. I, I get the play because they're going up against the Rams. You think it's going to be high scoring, but Tommy, what do you think about that? Because I know Miller and Davis are who Kyle got in the trade for Adam Thielen, and with Davis on the bench and Miller in the game, they combined for three ninety. <laughs> Adam Thielen getting over a thousand for the every single week this season time. Uh, what do you think about that trade looking back now? I mean, my thought, my thoughts on this trade have not changed at all since the moment I saw that Kyle offered this trade up to Drew and Drew accepted it. It was something I absolutely did not understand at the time. I mean, I've talked about that, but now you look at it and I look at Kyle's team and I, if I'm him, I really, really wish I had Adam Thielen because you traded for two guys that one Corey Davis is a is a really good wide receiver, a great talent, but since he's been in the league, he has not been a consistent fantasy producer. Anthony Miller is a guy who has shown promise, but as a rookie, has not been consistent. And you traded away a guy who has been the model of consistency, and Kyle's whole thing was he thought Adam Thielen was going to have a worst second half because his first half was tremendous so I get that my my problem with the trade was that he traded for two guys that are not dependable in fantasy and so you trade away a guy who is dependable for two guys that aren't dependable and now he's going to be stuck having to play either Corey Davis or Anthony Miller in his flex and you can't trust them and meanwhile you he could have Julio Jones Josh or Josh Gordon would be his flex, and he would have Julio Jones, Adam Thielen, and Robert Woods as his wide receivers. That looks a whole hell of a lot better to me than having to play someone like Anthony Miller or Corey Davis, who on any given week you have absolutely no idea what they're going to get. So uh, hopefully, for Kyle's sake, it doesn't end up affecting anything. So far it hasn't. Um, but yeah, it's just still something I don't understand, and I think... I don't know. For Kyle, I think already he kind of has to admit that he might have made a mistake. 
I mean, maybe he gets really lucky and it ends up that Corey Davis blows up for him in one of these next two weeks or Anthony Miller. But, you know, so far it's been uh, it's been a bad trade for him. So uh, you look at, I mean, <laughs> for Kyle's week, it's been the story of his season, right? LaShawn McCoy, very unfortunately, not very unfortunately because he's LaShawn McCoy, but he exited with an injury, only put up 10 points, and then Leonard Fournette had one of his worst games of the year with 510 on Thursday night. So his running backs didn't produce. That's been Kyle's story, but the rest of his team more than overcame that, and he was really never sweating in this matchup. Uh, Julio Jones, man, I kind of figured he would do this against Green Bay. What an excellent performance, 106 yards, two touchdowns. As you mentioned, he put up a brilliant performance, 2,660. And, uh, yeah, I mean, between him and George Kittle, and then with what he – I mean, I actually – I was surprised Kyle didn't roll with Chicago at home against the Rams. I mean, I get it. The Rams' offense is great, but, I I mean, I've been saying it all year. I don't really trust Jared Goff on the road in Chicago, a cold Sunday night. Give me that. Give me Khalil Mack. Give me the Bears' defense, absolutely. Uh, I'm pretty sure they outscored uh, Detroit, although I'm looking at StatTracker here, and because StatTracker is awesome, uh, it shows that Chicago is not on Kyle's team. So, Great. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I think they they slightly outscored Detroit. But still, Detroit ended up being a great play for Kyle. But I was nervous for him that that was going to be a, a bad a bad choice. But, yeah, I mean, Kyle still looks good. If his, if his running backs produce, his team becomes a juggernaut. If they don't, his team becomes a little susceptible. But, uh, yeah, a, a great win for him, and he moves on to the semifinals. Yeah, so... Looking at the next matchup, we've got uh, Father Lou versus Mr. Robert De Niro, a.k.a. BB. And, again, another not exciting matchup. Lou, Lieutenant Lou Lettenmeyer, takes down Justin, 13,192. Justin has his worst week of the year. Great, great, great week to have it. Ten thousand one hundred and thirty-two, uh, and Justin had really his team. His team had been so consistent all year long, and was just kind of the perfect storm of of underperformance. And I mean, you look at his team. As they say, timing is a man's best friend. Absolutely, and, that's the classic and, saying. And I, uh, boy, Justin's team. It's a shame because I think Justin had one of the one of the better teams in the league and i i think his running backs that's where you got to look that's where you first got to look and going into this week we were a little worried about his running back matchups and unfortunately that came to fruition with Marlon Mack getting held to under 1000 Jalen Richard getting under uh 340 and then Cortland Sutton got to be the biggest disappointment even with Emmanuel Sanders going down Cortland Sutton, you think he's going to step up as the number one wide receiver, and he only scores 230 points, gets two catches for 14 yards. I mean, it just, it was real unfortunate for Justin. I, I, I did not see that coming for Cortland Sutton. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, great, great matchup for Cortland Sutton. Really, really bad performance by the Denver offense against an absolutely atrocious San Francisco 49ers team uh they've just been really bad especially defensively on the year and 
Yeah, I mean, Case Keenum, he's really, really feeling, I guess, the absence of first Demarius Thomas, and then you trade away him thinking you can at least lean on Emmanuel Sanders, and now he is out as well. So uh, he did not have a good game. The Broncos did not have a good game. That was incredibly disappointing. But honestly, even more so than that, because Cortland Sutton is not one of Justin's studs. Antonio Brown is, and he puts up 600 points in a juicy, juicy matchup against Oakland, and it all went to Juju Smith-Schuster. We will talk about him later in my matchup versus Brian, but five catches for 35 yards for Antonio Brown against Oakland. You cannot have that if you're Justin. And now there was a lot more that, that went wrong. Calvin Ridley, only 150 yards in a really good matchup against Green Bay. Um, that that also is something you can't have. But, yeah, I mean, if Justin was going to win this week, he needed Antonio Brown to be big. And uh, that by itself did not happen. And so with that not happening, you're you're going to be in a, in a pretty big hole. And his other guys were not able to dig him out of it. Travis Kelsey was the stud that he has been almost every single week for Justin. 17-20, 7 catches, 77 yards, and a touchdown. So uh, Justin Tucker had a pretty bad game for Justin Tucker. Standards only 600 points. But uh, the Rams put up a good score of 1,600. And, and a shout-out to Julian Edelman, who had been – so consistent for Justin all year long. Puts up 1938, uh, 9 for 86 in a score. So he had four guys that did well, and the rest very much underperformed. So that's why he had his worst week of the year. And uh, you look, you know, it, it was a really, really good season for Justin. His, his record was 6-7. and seven. He very easily could have had a much better record. He could have had at least a couple more wins if, you know, we, we we talked about it earlier in the season where his first three losses, I think, were a combined total of like 400 points or something like that. And he put up pretty good scores in all three of those weeks. So could have been a very different season. Could have had a, a very good record, something like eight and five or even nine and four. Yeah, I mean, and, to, uh, to your point, he his his playoff berth was so hard fought. I mean, just yeah. to... Just to make the playoffs was obviously you're hoping to make a playoff run, but Justin to just get into the playoffs was an extremely valiant effort, battling through those tough losses to end up close to 500 with enough points for it was just it was impressive. And then, yeah, I mean the Steelers lost to the Raiders, so what are you gonna do, man? Just <laughs> something, something you can't like. Just a, an unlucky week. Yeah, you know this this week was crazy. Steelers lost to the Raiders. Dude. The Steelers lost to the Raiders. Uh, the Patriots the lost won. to the Dolphins. The Jets won. The San Francisco 49ers won. Uh, it was crazy. And then the fantasy performances were even crazier. I mean, not that this is something we... It isn't relevant information because both of these players were on Scott's team. Which, by the way, Scott had on his roster Derrick Henry and Amari Cooper. <laughs> who both had the games of their lives. I mean, Derrick Henry put up, what, 4,700? Amari Cooper put up 4,470. Uh, you know, Derrick Henry uh, scored the most fantasy points ever. <laughs> <laughs> Not ever, but uh, I think the most of this season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was a strange, strange week. A lot of the studs didn't do much. I mean, you talk about Todd Gurley at his work week, worst week. Antonio Brown had an awful week. Zach Ertz had an awful week. Uh, you know, Jared Goff, not a stud, but a top 12 running back, had his worst week of the season. Um, Drew Brees, 
in a cake matchup against Tampa Bay. He had been one of the worst quarterbacks on the season. And we'll talk about him in a little bit, but he had his one, one of his worst weeks of the year. It was just a really, really weird week. And, uh, but, but yeah, it, it, I mean, it happens. It happens. Yeah, I mean, Dan had a few weird things on his team, like the Chargers only getting 650 against the Bengals. I thought that was a great defense play, but that didn't work out super great. And then Tyler Boyd, in similar game, only getting 670. He had three catches, 52 yards. You really hoped you'd see more from him. And Njoku, I mean, he's been inconsistent. He was able to conjure up 500 points, I guess, for a tight end that's decent this year, but you, you hope to see more. But other than that, Dad... Dad had one of the few uh, non-lame studs lineups. That was so yeah, yeah. poorly worded. That was um, that was incredibly... just just don't edit that. Just please don't edit that, Justin. Just let people. This is what she. This is what she get. Okay, we're off the cuff here. I mean, we have notes, but we're off the cuff here. And boy, sometimes when I'm trying to get something out, it just doesn't happen. And Tommy's got to help me through it. And <laughs> I want you guys to be a part of that that process. So thanks for tuning in. Ezekiel Elliott, 25-20, man. I mean, he had 12 catches for 79 yards. He's basically a wide receiver. Add on the fact that he was a running back for 113 yards. Philip Lindsay, old reliable. He had a touchdown, 30 rushing yards, 21 receiving yards. Keenan Allen's been ridiculous this year. He had another touchdown, 78 receiving yards. And Stefan Diggs breaking 1,000 points. So you really just see Dad's tried and true guys coming through again this week. And he's built a solid lineup. You add to that Mike Badgley, who he snagged from me, um, 2,100 points. Great play against the Bengals. Dad Dad went real Chargers heavy this week, and it paid off. The dude's still rostering three defenses, and it could bite him in the rear end because he's currently playing theoretic due to his lack of depth. I don't know. I mean, Dad's, Dad's lineup is it's pretty solid other than his flex spot. And he's he's got a lot of choices at the defensive position. He does. And he'll be playing Dak Prescott at the quarterback position next week. So he's he's set. He's locked and loaded. We'll see what happens. I'm confident in his team, though. Yeah, just a really solid all-around performance from Dad's team. Like you said, I think really uh, besides the Chargers and, and Tyler Boyd, I think those are his only two disappointing performances I mean, Njoku with 500, that's better than a lot of his weeks this year. And Theo Riddick, I mean, he's a gamble. So putting up 70, 80 for him, that's, I mean, you're taking that for a flyer flex spot. Um, And outside of that, uh, I mean, really, just really good stuff all around. And uh, he's looking poised. He's going to have a tough matchup next week, but he makes the semifinals. And uh, so congrats to Dad. Keep rolling. You're in the final four, and uh, let's see if you can make the ship. Congrats, wow. Big Lou. You've earned it. You got a good team. And congrats to Justin I, I, on one of a season had, well fought. Yeah, a very well fought season. Had one of the highest scoring teams of the regular season in the playoffs, and just ended up with a bad week. It sucks, but that's fantasy football for you. Moving on to the third matchup, we're going to talk about Louis versus Dan. Louie <laughs> changed his team name to Derrick Henry, weeks 1 through 13. Uh, and uh, he lost to Dan. Dan put up a great performance this week. Mr. Sunset Heart Hands goes for 15,166. 
And Louis ends up with six, 16,000? No, not quite. 11,656. So this one was not close either. And Very exciting. Yeah, so we've got so far three matchups that weren't close. So very exciting stuff in the 12-pack. Looking at the loser's side first, Louis made... It's unfortunate that he never stood a chance because... He made some pretty good decisions this week. Uh, like, I, I really wish the decision to start Josh Allen over Russell Wilson would have paid dividends for him because it ended up being the absolute right call, Josh Allen. With 2034, and Russell Wilson only put up 998. Um, he had played Russell Wilson, I think, every single week this year besides his bye. And, uh, I can't just, say for sure, but I'm guessing Louis... Louie must be a listener to the podcast because <laughs> I've been touting week after week. Russell Wilson is not a great play in the playoffs against Minnesota. And boy, Louie listened. So Louie, thanks for listening out there. We love, I love looking at rosters and seeing who's listening, who's not. I'm glad to see you're listening, man. And tough loss, but really, like Tommy said, you made some good moves you just got trounced at the running back position. Yeah, I mean, you look at someone like James White, who had been going into the week was the ninth ranked, ninth ranked. It was the ninth ranked running back this season. Ninth ranked running back. <laughs> so I don't like being wanked. James White was the ninth ranked running back. He doesn't um. like being wanked. <laughs> I don't um, like having a beard. My beard hoods. My beard hoods. Uh, it was no, his worst so, game of the season. Yes, by far. By, by far. And he had been so consistent. He was, like I said, ninth ranked running back on the season. To put him 380 against a team that previously in, this, in the year when they faced him before had put up his best week of the season with over 2,700. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. It's not something you can predict. Uh, it took a flyer on, on Zay Jones instead of Demarius Thomas. That only ended up being a 300-point difference. He knew the, the chances of Zay Jones not playing well, but he went for the – he figured the Josh Allen-Zay Jones combo could end up winning him the week. Didn't work out that way. His only suspect decision was LeGarrette Blunt over Spencer Ware. Honestly, I didn't really mind it. I mean, LeGarrette Blunt has been getting a lot of carries without Kerryon Johnson in – Got two touchdowns against the Chicago Bears, and the Arizona Cardinals have given up the most rushing touchdowns on the season, I'm pretty sure. And so you figure if Detroit could get in the red zone and get close to the goal line, those would be LeGarrette Blunt's touchdowns. Yeah, I liked I liked that play. Spencer were going up against Baltimore. Really bad matchup. Uh, he ended up having a pretty decent game uh, with 1,500 against Baltimore, but that would not have been the difference. Uh and outside of that, it was just it wasn't wasn't enough. I mean, he put up eleven six is not terrible. It's it's below average, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was really the the running back position, James White and Legarrette Blunt. That was that was tough. That would have been tough to overcome. And then you add on to the fact that Dan had a tremendous week. It just yeah, honestly, it was, the most dramatic part of this matchup was the the daring head out head to head. Pittsburgh Steeler tight end matchup we had here. Vance McDonald going up against Jalen Jalen <laughs> Samuels. Tight end versus tight end. A battle. 
a battle of the tight ends. Uh, and Louis won out because his tight end was a running back. And yeah, that's, that's hilarious. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I had a chance to get Jalen Samuels. Um, and if I didn't have someone like Zach Ertz, I would have picked up Jalen Samuels to play in my tight end position. It, you know, Zach Ertz ended up having a terrible game, but I'm not going to bench Zach Ertz. But, uh, yeah, no, it's it's hilarious that a running back like Jalen Samuels is tight end eligible in fantasy. Um, and it was a good, a good pickup and good play by Louie. Yeah, <laughs> that's like you said, the battle of Steeler tight ends. That's, that's you know, Louie won that battle. but That's the only thing that went in Louie's favor. Could not win the war. Uh, but, yeah, Because Louie was going up against, dude, I mean, you can talk about Louie's team a little bit more if you want, but Dan's wide receivers, dude. T.Y. Hilton and Jarvis Landry, those were the two performances I did not see coming. T.Y. Hilton going up against a tough Houston defense. He goes out there and snags nine catches for 199, my fella. T.Y. Hilton showing up big time. And then Jarvis going out there and getting a catching touchdown and a rushing touchdown. Um, Just so, so... That that to me was the most surprising thing. I mean, you know Saquon's going to Saquon, you know Chubb's going to Chubb, but <laughs> those guys really showed up. Yeah, that's a really that's a really good point uh, because especially someone like Jarvis Landry who had, dude, I mean he's been really, really below average this season, yeah. especially the second half of the year. He's been bad, yeah. and for Dan to like hang on and and play him in Week 14, I mean he got rewarded beyond what he could have expected. I mean, this is one of Jarvis Landry's best weeks of the year. Um, that is, it is his best week of the year. Very, okay, there you go. Best week of the season. Perfect time to have it. And you you look at Dan's team, and he put up fifteen thousand. What's funny is Dan actually made three very poor decisions, and it didn't affect him in the slightest. Um, you look at Vance McDonald, which you mentioned he played only 570. He switched him in at the very, very last minute to sub him out for Cameron Brait, who put up 1420. There's a 900-point difference almost, 850. And then you look at, uh, I don't know if it was last minute. I think it was kind of last minute. He put in Jeff Wilson Jr. instead of Chris Carson. There's another 490-point difference. And then also at the last minute, he played Buffalo against the Jets at noon instead of hanging on and playing Seattle, who he has played multiple weeks in a row on Monday night. Buffalo ended up with 700, and if you could give me just a second here, um, I don't know exactly what Seattle ended up with, but they had a tremendous night defensively. So those three positions could have <laughs> could have affected things, but yeah, Seattle put up 2250. So there's a... a Dan could have had a, an even more yes. monster week. He could have. We were to, we'd be talking about like sixteen thousand for Dan, um, or sorry, seventeen thousand. And yeah, so fortunately for him, none of those decisions affected anything. But I, I did notice that that he he made some very suspect decisions, and and they were all very last minute. So um, fortunately for him, it didn't matter. But yeah, I mean, dude, Saquon Barkley is so good. So good. he. I mean, he's just, I don't know. He is. He has been so much better than I could have ever imagined. Yeah, he's uh, ridiculous. I mean, 
if you're talking Dynasty League, I don't know if there's a guy you want to have more than Saquon Barkley. Yeah, true. Very true. Um, but yeah, and uh, one thing that, that played into this matchup was the the trade that we talked about, which, which affected their matchup two weeks ago in week 12, I believe it was. Um, Tyler Lockett only put up 908. Now Nick Chubb, his week was saved with a touchdown, but he put up 1630. But Tyree Kill over on Louis' side put up 1902. So, you know, I, I still think that the trade favors Louis. Now, Dan got some good production from the guys that he traded for, but I, I still, I back the decision for Louis to trade for Tyreek Hill. It wasn't because he traded for Tyreek Hill that he lost. Um, and so I guess you feel good about that. He, he made a good decision. You know, Tyreek Hill was his second highest scorer, only behind Josh Allen. So it was a good trade. It gave him a chance, but the rest of his guys just, just couldn't perform. Uh, as well as he needed to. I mean, he would have had to go so big against what Dan did, and it just didn't happen. And for Louis, um, I, I really do feel bad for Louis. He is someone who he won the championship the first season we we changed a head to head back in 2011. And I know you don't like when I when I, <laughs> I talk Louis up, but no, he, here he, we go. But he okay. So just think about being Louis and. Year after year after year, he has one of the best teams through 13 weeks of fantasy play. And it just, since 2011, he just hasn't had the luck in the playoffs. And it's just, I mean, for me, when I make the playoffs and I lose in the first week, it just feels like I I wasted 13 weeks of my life. And for Louis... His team is always so good, or, or most of the time is always so good, and it just, he always has some of his worst weeks when it matters most. And uh, so, yeah, congrats to Louis on a, a well fought season. But yeah, it, it just, it sucks. I mean, I, you know, it just hasn't worked out for him. And uh, yeah, but, but for Dan, I mean, a miracle that he squeaked into the playoffs. The trade that he made propelled him to the playoffs uh and then you know Nick Chubb being one of those guys had a great week and he is just I mean his team you've talked about his team last week being one of the most well-rounded teams not having any holes he's looking really good he's looking really yeah, good yeah I mean I'm I'm obviously having been knocked out of the playoffs by Dan I'm team Dan I mean I want to I want to get I want to claim second place in the league I want Dan to be champion and having been knocked out by him I'll that be his closest competitor. I'll be second place in the league. So I definitely am supporting Dan moving forward and very excited for his team. Well-deserved semifinal appearance and poised for a championship appearance, if not a championship victory, my friends. Yeah, that That's would all be, I have to uh, say on that one. That would be a great story. So let's move on to the last matchup. Uh... The one that'll be hardest for you to talk about. Uh, yeah, you know, it's really, it's really, it's fine. It's fine. I, Brian takes me down 12,422 to my 10,318. Fortunately, it's my second lowest week of the season. Uh, closest matchup of the week. It was the closest matchup of the week. And, okay, do I hate fantasy football? Yes. <laughs> sure. Am I extremely bitter that I did not have 
my best player all season for the first week of the playoffs? Yes. Fine. Am I devastated? Sure. Um, <laughs> I don't really know what I'm getting at. but <laughs> I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Did I lose my train of thought? Yes. No, I, I, I woke up, I think it was Tuesday morning. It was either Monday or Tuesday morning of this week, this past week. Had a notification that James Conner was out. And I was just devastated. I mean, for at least 24 hours, I was like, I mean, God, son of a gun. I, I, you know, you fight to get to the spot, to have a chance, to fight for a championship. James Conner, who hadn't missed a week all season long, who was my best player, (laughs) the only reason I was in contention for a championship, he goes down and I don't get to play him. And I substitute him for someone with the name of Justin Jackson who puts up 450 points. You just can't have it. No. And there were a lot of other things that didn't go right for me this week, but that was a tough obstacle to overcome. I somehow convinced myself that I had a shot, and honestly, I did have a shot, especially early in the noon games. Uh, Things were actually looking pretty good for me. I mean, Lamar Jackson outscored Drew Brees. I did not think that was going to happen. Michael Thomas outscored DeAndre Hopkins. I I didn't know if that was going to happen. Larry Fitzgerald outscores Allen Robinson. Uh, Lamar Miller had outscored Kenyon Drake until his, with no time on the clock, he got a 52-yard touchdown to beat the Patriots. That was a giant blow. One of the most wild plays in NFL history. Yeah, I mean, that that was the play of the year. And instead of being able to enjoy the fact that Miami had the play of the year to take down the Patriots, I was sitting there being like, oh, God, <laughs> was that the end of my fantasy season? Now, it didn't single-handedly beat me. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster might have done that. Uh, I don't know, Jack. Do you want to talk about my team? I mean, talk about my team or talk about Brian's team. I don't really care. No, I mean... You covered a lot of the key points already. Juju Smith-Schuster, an unbelievable game for Brian. Two touchdowns, 130 yards, eight catches. He's been ridiculous this season. Uh, Yeah, I mean, a big reason, I guess, for Antonio Brown being a bust this week. But I don't know. Is that – this is unrelated to the matchup, but I guess next season, Tommy, like what what are your thoughts on the Antonio versus Juju – situation like they they're way closer than we thought coming into this season it's got to hurt Antonio Brown's value a ton like you're you're taking those top guys like DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones over Antonio next season right or no that's a that's a really good question I mean yeah for sure my expectations for this year was that uh, Juju Smith-Schuster was going to Progress. I mean, he had he had well outperformed what he should have been doing last year. I mean, you look at what the targets that he got and the production that he put up from those targets. I mean, he was just blowing expectations out of the water. And I thought he was going to regress this year, and he hasn't. And he's been phenomenal. I think I heard a stat that he has he leads the league in red zone targets. And yeah, I mean, you ha- you would have to think after what has happened this year. Now, Antonio Brown was still great, still a top 10 wide receiver. Um, But yeah, I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster, he's going to just, he's not going to get worse. He's a really, really good guy. 
Yeah. As far as a good guy, a good fantasy player, and he's going to keep getting He's a better. good guy, too. Great personality. <laughs> and also spokesperson for Pizza Hut. So a really, really good guy and a smart gotta, guy. Got to respect the Pizza Hut sponsor. Um, um, yeah, Adrian no Peterson not showing up for Brian. Austin Hooper not showing up for Brian. Allen Robinson not showing up for Brian. Pittsburgh's defense not really showing up for Brian. I mean, like you said, you had the opportunity. And a few things just went in Brian's favor. The Kenyon Drake touchdown being one of the major things. Yeah, it was. Harrison it was Butker's late kick. Um, I don't know. It's it's tough because this matchup, like we said, it was the closest. And it was definitely the one where you really see the other person. You look at their team and you you see them. I mean, it was just, it was right there. It was right there, and you just didn't have things go your way. I don't know how Zach, Zach Ertz only shows up and scores 630. Justin Jackson really did not take advantage of an opportunity there. Only 12 rushing yards. He only had two catches for 23 yards, um, but he had seven carries for those 12 yards. So just, I don't know. You, you had a few duds that I didn't see coming, and not enough, really. You didn't really have that superstar performance that you needed from anyone. And it was tough, but great season by you, and you can hold your head high because you really did, you made the most of what you could with your team. I thought you had a bunch of solid guys, which just came down to consistency, and your guys didn't show up when it mattered. Yeah, I think it might also, like, it's almost a poetic ending to my season where uh, my season started with injuries, and it ended with injuries. So, uh, you know... After my draft, I had Jarek McKinnon go down, and then uh, in the playoffs, my first week, I have James Conner go down and unavailable to play. And yeah, I mean, honestly, with what I had, I needed, I absolutely needed Zach Ertz to be big. And you know, all you can do is you 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 pick players, and you roster players, and you play the players that have been good and consistent and you play them in really good matchups. Zach Ertz had been tremendous for me all year, had one of the best matchups against Dallas's Dallas had been one of the best or I guess worst teams going against tight ends. Zach Ertz previously had put up over three grand the last time he played Dallas and he puts up six thirty. I mean you just there's nothing I mean you can't you, there's nothing you can do. I have to play Zach justice Ertz. man. Yeah. So uh yeah one of my worst weeks of the season, and it's uh, it's great. Congrats. Hey, well, on the bright side, your season's over, dude. Um, that's, that's great. That makes me feel great. Um, <laughs> semifinals, man. Yeah. Not what we expected. Not <laughs> what we expected. And I'll say that. As as analysts, as professionals, we, we didn't really nail these. Um, did not end up how I thought it would. I did and, not, not see this coming. And... Now at this point, I mean, like I said, I'm all Team Dan, but I mean, what are the semifinal matchups? Let's let's run through them. Yeah, so four teams remain: Kyle, Dad, Dan, and Brian. And the matchups are going to be Kyle versus Brian and Father Lou versus Dan. And yeah, so let's talk about Kyle versus Brian first. And Kyle has been, I mean, he's been the highest scoring team over the course of the season, had another good week in week 14. 
Brian was the lowest scoring team that made the playoffs um, and really didn't have a great week. And so, I mean, you look at their matchup and I think obviously the favorite has to be Kyle. But, um, yeah, I mean, I see I see some definite holes on Kyle's team that that could be could be detrimental in the end. I mean, you've got Matt Breida, who's who was out this week. Who knows if he's going to play next week? LaShawn McCoy went down with a hamstring injury, and usually LaShawn McCoy comes back from his injuries uh, mid game. And the fact that he didn't makes you wonder if he's going to be able to play next week. Uh, and so those are two of the three running backs that Kyle rosters. So if both of them don't play, he's got to go to the waiver wire, and there is not much out there uh, in terms of running backs. And then you've got someone like Leonard Fournette who is going up against a Washington defense, a defensive line that's been pretty good against the run, and Leonard Fournette just had a really bad week. Ten- Tennessee just manhandled Jacksonville, who was in an absolute tailspin right now. Uh you wonder what happens with Leonard Fournette next week. So I think Kyle is still really vulnerable at the running back position. And then, I mean, I don't know. George Kittle, who just went off, is going up against a tough Seattle defense. Anthony Miller, you can't trust. Corey Davis, you can't trust. Uh, You know, you're playing Josh Gordon, you're playing Robert Woods, you're playing Julio Jones, and you're playing Patrick Mahomes. I think it's going to be down to... Probably, I mean, his big guys, his 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 big playmakers in Julio Jones, Patrick Mahomes, and Robert Woods on if on what kind of week Kyle has because I see some, I see some opportunity here, uh, for Kyle's team to kind of have a down week. Uh, you look at his his defensive choice, it, with what Chicago just did against the Rams at home. Does Kyle play Chicago against Green Bay? I don't know. It's Aaron Rodgers, but Chicago's looked really good. Buffalo has, or Detroit has another cake matchup against Buffalo. Um, I mean, I don't yeah, know. I mean, I, I think I think you gotta with with Detroit's twenty four hundred point performance against the Cardinals. I think you have to play them against Buffalo. It's just too juicy of a matchup. Even though Chicago was able to shut down the Rams, you don't like playing a defense against Aaron Rodgers and just. The matchup is too good. So I, I think he will go with Detroit there. And I expect more of, I mean, you, you nailed it. I expect more of what we saw with Kyle's team this week. Patrick Mahomes is going to do great. His wide receivers are going to do great. And his running backs are going to be a bloodbath. But he'll overcome it with his wide receivers and, and quarterback and defense performance. And I, I, I think, I mean, I the, the holes you pointed out are completely valid in Kyle's team. But... I look over at, at Brian's team, and I, I see holes there as well. I mean, I see Adrian Peterson going up against a, a Jacksonville defense This that, I don't know, Jacksonville's in a tailspin, but Adrian Peterson just went out and got less than 300 points against the Giants, so not sure about that. And then you got Kenyon Drake going up against Minnesota, Aaron Jones going up against Chicago. I mean, these are those are three really bad running back matchups, and I don't love that for Brian's team and he does not have the firepower that Kyle has at the wide receiver position yeah that's a really good point I was just looking at those matchups as well I mean Aaron Jones who has been has come around and been really good for Brian especially I mean you look at his last five weeks 30 70 24 80 16 80 13 20 and 18 10 I mean that's 
He's been wonderful. He's been absolutely wonderful. But you're I mean, look Chicago. at what the Bears just right. did to, the, to Todd Gurley. <laughs> you're in Chicago, and what did the Bears just do in Chicago to the running back who had been unstoppable all year long? They stopped him. So you don't love <laughs> what Aaron Jones would be able to do. And like you said, Kenyon Drake against Minnesota. I mean, Kenyon Drake's week was terrible. Absolutely terrible until he got that 52-yard touchdown on a lateral play with no time left. So you yeah. don't love that play. Austin Hooper has been bad more often than not. Adrian Peterson, yeah, you don't want to play him against Jacksonville. I mean, do you, I, I do you play Jordan Howard against Green Bay. I mean, Jordan Howard been, has been. You don't play Peyton Barber against Baltimore. I'll tell right. you that much. Right. Um, so no, I mean, honestly, this is. I see this as a low-scoring matchup. I see. I see Kyle squeaking this by. But I see all of their running backs and flex <laughs> positions being a wash, <laughs> net zero. And I see it being a quarterback and wide receiver and defense battle, and I, I see Kyle winning it. But I see both these teams having lower scores than either of the other teams in the other semifinal matchup. I think I think Dad and Dan will will have the two highest scoring totals of the week. Yeah, I, it's hard to it's hard to see. I mean, he's gonna Brian's gonna have to have like massive performances from Drew Brees and DeAndre Hopkins. If, yeah. if anything's yep. going to, if he's going to have, or like an insane defensive performance from Baltimore against Tampa Bay to really give his team a really good week. Yeah. It's, the matchups just aren't there. Although no, I Yopkins, will Yopkins has to catch two touchdowns and Drew Brees has to get over 3,000. I will say Juju Smith-Schuster against New England, for me, I my bet would be that New England tries to shut down Antonio Brown, which could lead to Juju Smith-Schuster getting one-on-one coverage. Uh, it'll be hard to back up what he did this last week, so we will see. But it could be another another positive week for Juju Smith-Schuster. But still, you take Kyle's wide receivers over Brian's. And I think Patrick Mahomes at home against the Chargers in a game on Thursday night that's going to determine, like, if, if the Chiefs win that game, they win the division and probably get the number one seed in the playoffs. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to sling and – Andy Reid is going to not hold him back at all. They don't have Kareem Hunt. He's going to have to throw more. I see Patrick Mahomes having a really, really solid week against the Chargers. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'll pick Kyle in this one. And I think, I hope, I hope Brian can, Brian's team can perform and put up a solid week because for me personally, it's, it's going to be really frustrating if Brian backs up beating me with like a 9,000 point performance against Kyle. Like that, that will, that will make like me really mad. Dad, you want to, or rooting on Dan, you want to um, root for the guys that take you down. Cause then you can, you can claim second place. It makes sense. Right. Um, so we're both, we're both picking Kyle, right? Yeah. Both picking Kyle. The other semifinal is dad and Dan, a battle of the Daz. Uh, it's just <laughs> which one you like more D or N. Um, <laughs> And I don't know. This is, like I said, this is the more exciting matchup for me. I think this will be higher scoring. I don't see nearly as many holes in these two teams as I do in the other two teams. I look at Dad's team, and I see, other than the flex spot, a bunch of guys I'm really excited to start. And I look at Dan's team, and other than the flex spot, I see a bunch of guys that I'm really excited to start. So... It's a similar thing, except these two teams have running backs. <laughs> um, so it just comes down to the flex for me. 
But yeah, I mean, go through which team at a glance. Do you have a preference, or do you want to deep dive into one team and I'll deep 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 dive into the other, and then we'll we'll make our final calls. Yeah, yeah, no, it's certainly looking at first glance, uh, I couldn't tell you who I would think is going to win. Um, I'm going to look at Dan's team here. Uh, I like so it's going a big question will be um, Ben Roethlisberger and his health against New England. Now, the Steelers had an absolutely abysmal loss to the Raiders, and that loss to the Raiders puts them in jeopardy of missing the playoffs. They've got New England at home, and then they go into New Orleans. So they need to win this game against New England. New England has been very suspect on the road. Their defense hasn't been good. Ryan Tannehill just shredded them, and the Miami offense just shredded them and beat them. So if Ben Roethlisberger is healthy, I think he's got the opportunity to have a tremendous game against New England. Um, So I like that for Dan. Um... T.Y. Hilton against Dallas. Dallas's defense has been really, really strong lately. And uh, But you just mentioned that T.Y. Hilton went up against a tough Houston defense, and that didn't matter. Yeah. So Dude just torched the Texans, okay? I think he yeah. can handle a little Texan. Yeah. Am I right? <laughs> a little more Texan, huh? A little just torch the Texans. I think he can handle a little Dallas Texans. Am I right? <laughs> I, uh, I see what you're doing there. Um, I don't love Jarvis Landry against Denver. Now, Chris Harris is, uh, went out and he is injured. So that that's, that's big for Denver and they kind of just got walloped by the 49ers. So, but this one's in Denver. So that uh, does Jarvis Landry is Jarvis Landry, a slot receiver. Does he, or does he, is he line up outside? Yeah, no, he, he lines up in the slot more often than not. Okay. I think. Man, I'm really reaching here in terms of my NFL knowledge, but I think Chris Harris was Denver's slot corner, so I think that Jarvis will actually be totally fine in that matchup because Chris Harris is not playing. Yeah, I mean he's had back-to-back good weeks, so hopefully, hopefully he can. Uh, and then I love Tyler Lockett's matchup against the, the uh, 49ers. He put up 16.98 just uh, last week against the uh, the 49ers. It'll be on the road, but uh, you still like Tyler Lockett. And then, you know, <laughs> Saquon Barkley, bad matchup against Tennessee. He is absolutely matchup-proof, so uh, nothing to worry about there. And then, uh, you know, Nick Chubb. Now, that does worry. Nick Chubb in Denver does worry me a little bit because Denver started off the season really bad against running backs, um, and that's why they're not... They're they're fifteenth against running backs this year, but that includes the absolutely monster performances they gave up against Todd Gurley, Isaiah Crowell, and Kareem Hunt at the beginning of the year. You look at recently, I mean they held Joe Mixon to only a thousand fifty. They held James Conner to only nine fifty. Um Lamar Miller only put up five eighty. Uh David Johnson only put up eight fifty. So I don't love I don't love the Nick Chubb matchup this week. Um, now the call he has to make is going to be Vance McDonald or Cameron Brait. And I don't really know. I mean, it's a, it's a good matchup for Vance McDonald. Baltimore's defense is really good. They've been most suspect against the tight end. Jameis Winston loves Cameron Brait. So if they get two catches, (laughs) two two catches, catches. (laughs) two touchdowns. 
Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. That's a decision he'll have to make. I, I wouldn't want to be the one making that decision. And, uh, yeah, for his flex, I don't know. That, I mean, Jeff Wilson looked good two weeks ago against the uh, Seahawks. And then he had, you know, he got 23 carries, which you love to see. Um, but the question is, they were up all game against Denver, and that's why he ran the ball so much. Are they really going to be up against the Seahawks? My guess would be no. So it's a, I wonder if he'll get that many carries. And, uh, yeah, so if Chris Carson's healthy against San Francisco, he's been really, really good the last four weeks. So Dan will have to choose at his tight end spot. I mean, he's and got he'll have options. choose at his flex that's, spot. That's the thing that Dan's got that Dad does not because – Dad's, dad's entire defense is full of defenses or dad's entire bench is full of, is full of defenses dan's got i mean dan's got four playable options at the flex position true dad has one yep because he literally only has one flex uh available player um, well he no he's got two because night Naeem hines is on his bench oh i i meant i meant on his bench he's only got one flex got it got available it player yeah um, yeah, so, so his options are Theoretic or Naim Hines, which is not nearly as good as the options that Dan has. No, definitely not. And now, so I give what, I give Dan the edge in this matchup. You do now. What? So what do you like? I mean, break down the rest of Dad's team. You don't like his flex spot, um, and I would say I also don't like Njoku against Denver. But what do you? What I mean, what what matchups are you really looking forward to? He's gonna play Dak against the Colts which is a better play than Jameis against the Ravens. So I don't mind that play, but I'd, I'd rather have Big Ben going up against the Patriots. So I give Dan the quarterback edge. And then, I mean, Keenan Allen's been ridiculous. He's going to have a monster game against Kansas City. You would think, yeah. Tyler Boyd hasn't been great, but going up against Oakland, that's juicy. Stefan Diggs, Miami. I mean, those are just... I, I, I really don't mind any of those wide receiver matchups at all. And then you look at his running backs and it gets even juicier. Zeke going against the Colts, Philip Lindsay going against Cleveland. I just I I see no issues. I mean, I don't see, I guess, amazing matchups, but no issues. I think Dad's studs will, just like they did last week, show up studly and make up for the fact that he has no one to play in his flex. But he's going to lose. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, his he's got. I mean, his his lineup for the most part is you know what he knows what he's going to do, right? Yeah. Uh, the only question will be his flex spot, what he decides to do there. But yeah, I like your points about his matchups. I mean, I love his Philip Lindsay matchup against Cleveland, and Ezekiel Elliott has been on an absolute tear. Yeah, dude, unbelievable. The last the last five weeks, the Cowboys, thirty three seventy. 2960, 2280, 2250, and 2520. Amari um, Cooper has opened up their run game. A, the Hey, oh, <laughs> I'm glad you brought him up, dude. Uh, the Cowboys are 5-0 and since they traded for Amari Cooper. And Amari Cooper, can we both say right here, right now, that in a non-dysfunctional organization is a really good wide receiver? Uh, yeah. I mean, okay. Proof's in the pudding, I guess. Five five games with the performance that he's had. I mean, he's going to get a long term contract for the Cowboys for sure, 
and deservedly so. I mean, what a turnaround from his... I mean, he had amazing weeks in Oakland, but he overall, in terms of beginning to end, just was abysmal on that team. Right. It was like it was like amazing week, and then one, you know, three targets for one catch in ten yards, and then yeah, it was just it was strange the way they utilized him. And uh, but yeah, he's he's flourishing, and having that that solid number one option for Dallas seems to have really opened up their offense. So uh, yeah, I, you're taking Dad this week, you said. No, I'm taking Dan. You are taking Dan. Okay, because yeah. of Dad's lack of depth, you are taking Dan. Or what? Yeah. what's the reason? Um, The reason is, yeah, I think the flex spot will, will be the difference. I think it's going to be a really high-scoring, really tight matchup, and I think Dan's got much better options at the flex position. Yeah, it's it's hard to say who you would like more they're the both absolutely cores. rock solid from yeah from QB to wide receiver to running back. I mean, true. I think true. they're they're both going to have really good weeks. So I do tomato, wonder tomato there. Right. I wonder if I think I'm going to pick. I'm sorry to do this to Dad, but I'm going to pick Dan as well. I his team has been on a roll as of late. That trade really rounded out his team much better. I love like I said, Tyler Lockett being his wide receiver three. I love his matchup. So I love his wide receiving core. I'd like Ben's matchup, and then I, it, it'll be if Nick Chubb can have a good game. I think I think Dan takes this one. I think that'll be that'll be a big thing. Is is Philip Lindsay versus Nick Chubb? That I think as well as the flex spot that you highlighted. I think Nick Chubb versus Philip Lindsay is going to be a big determining factor of who gets this uh, because I think Philip Lindsay's chances of having a good game are a little bit higher than Nick Chubb's having a chances having a chance of a good game. So. If Nick Chubb can have a good game, I uh, I say Dan takes this one, and I think it's it's Kyle versus Dan in the championship. And a impressive championship that would be two very good teams. But honestly, like we've said in this semifinal, I'm real excited for Dad and Dan's matchup. I think whoever wins Kyle versus Brian will. I don't know. I think it should be a dad versus Dan championship. I think this is coming a week too early. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, that's a fair point. Now, yeah, certainly, I think of these four teams, I mean, it, certainly if you look at their overall output for points scored, Brian is the outlier, and the other three teams have been uh, three of the highest scoring teams on the year. Um, so, yeah, it's dad versus Dan, like you said, probably came a week too early. I think they both... Certainly both their teams deserve a shot at the championship, so uh, you would like them to play in the championship, but one of them's going to be outed before the championship. And not that Kyle doesn't deserve to make the championship, but, um, you know, especially with the matchups Brian has, like I said, I hope the matchups end up not being a factor and and his team team can outperform what will be projected. Um, But uh, I think Kyle might have a, a relatively easy... Uh, route to the championship, uh, you know, and I guess he deserves it because he got the one seed. Uh, but he, Greg, wasn't a very formidable team, and now of the options, Brian is definitely the team you want to face in these semifinals. No offense to Brian's team; the other two are just really, really good. Yeah, I I concur. Well, man, we made it through an episode <laughs> in which we didn't 
get to talk about our teams at all because we're not in the playoffs. So congrats to us. Um, to all you listening out there, to the four teams in the semis, congrats to you. Enjoy it. Enjoy the taste because, boy, is it fleeting. And you better cherish it while it's there. Yep. Amen. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back with you next Monday, and uh, we will be talking about what happens in the semifinals and what is to come for the championship week, and then we will be ending our season with a live podcast recording, probably in Kyle's basement around Christmas time, and uh, should be a lot of Open fun. Invitation. Open invitation. <laughs> Open invitation. Yeah, so again, thanks for listening, and uh, Jack, go ahead. Akuna Matata, Crimea River. Whenever you're around, let's talk fantasy football. Do <laughs> <laughs>